So what what we just celebrated in communion is actually uh, sort of related to what we'll be talking about today. Actually, not sort of, it is very related. Because we're talking about how we're one body in Christ. So let's read Ephesians 4, and I'm actually going to read it myself because I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Therefore... I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ, That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. They will continue This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever They sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So let's pray. Lord, help us to hear this word to your church and and to apply it to ourselves in the way you intend for us. We know that you want to build us up by your word and so we listen with open hearts and minds. Amen. Now, as always, I want to communicate what Paul is teaching in this passage as powerfully as possible. You might say, well, don't preach a sermon, do something else, but (laughs) sometimes you do need more than words. Um, 
And today's application actually marks the beginning of the application part of Ephesians, neatly divided into three chapters each. Um, So it's doubly important to properly apply this to our own lives. And so to achieve that, I thought a little team-building exercise would help. Now, I'm not going to ask you to fall into each other's arms or climb on ropes or whatever. What I am going to ask you to do is to come up with a team for a new business. Now, Mary will probably be the best at this, but she's only going to get to do one business because I want, uh, I want to divide everyone up into pairs and each set of pairs does one of these three. I'll count around and uh, I'd like the pairs to come up with the list of people required including their skills, in order to make these businesses work. So you'll have a few minutes to come up with this list and then we'll see how we went, okay? So everyone understand what we're doing? Yeah. Can we also ban any doctors from being a GP practice as well? <laughs> <laughs> well, some people have, have certain, <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, but over-specialisation can be a problem as well. So, um, so one is a restaurant, two is a GP's practice, and three, that should say three. I don't know why it says one. Three is a furniture maker, okay? So everyone understand what those things are? So a furniture maker is a manufacturer of furniture, uh, like a business, like somebody who makes sofas or tables or whatever, okay? So... Okay, you're sitting there. So one, one. You guys are really fast. Okay. Okay. So, who did who did a restaurant? Okay. So, what are the people that you need for a restaurant? Just call it out. A chef. A chef. Yes. Sorry, table service. Yep. Kitchen hand. A manager. What? Bookkeeper, cashier, waitresses, yeah. Sasha, what else do you need? You were just talking about it last week. Did they mention that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kitchen hand. So it sounds simple, right? But there's so many things for a restaurant, and we haven't even mentioned. Uh, it may not be a different person, but a saucer, somebody who sources the food and stuff like that. Not somebody who puts sauce on the food. <laughs> um, so what about a GP's practice? Maybe this is easy. Being a doctor is so simple compared to being a chef. <laughs> a GP, yep, you need a GP. Yep, yep. Practice manager, receptionist, yep. An accountant, nurses. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it is actually a little bit simpler, isn't it? But you still need a range of people. If you just had a GP, they wouldn't run a very good practice. Well, it would probably be a very poorly managed one from 
if, if, you're good at, if you're good at a job like a GP or a programmer or anything like that, you're bad at everything else. So, usually. <laughs> so, how about, how about a furniture maker? You just see my cousin or husband. They're furniture makers. Sales, Yep. Yep. Delivery driver. Yep. Social media. Machinist. Yep. Yep. Timber. Yep. Yeah. And you would have somebody. You would have somebody to source materials for this sort of company. Okay. So now these are actually all. These are all fairly simple little businesses, um, <clears throat> but. But And they all have a single purpose, right? Each business has a clear single purpose, right? <laughs> they, but they make money by doing one thing. So you don't go to a restaurant and expect to get some consultation on your sore toe at the same time and come away with a stool. Not, not a, you know, a stool like this. <laughs> Not the sort of stool that a GP might ask for. Yeah. Could could do you think? Have you ever actually seen a business with only this sort of business with only one person doing it? Yes. What what what's that? Okay. And how did that go? <laughs> Not well. Yeah, exactly. These businesses may have a single goal, but they need a diversity of skills and employees. Even simple businesses. This isn't IBM or Microsoft or or um, Telstra or sorry, I'm talking about technology companies. Whatever non-technology companies are. <laughs> These are just simple companies with a single purpose. But real teams, real teams are like this. Real teams actually require people with different skills, different abilities. Uh, for some reason, that didn't change. Neil, could you change that slide for me, please? Thanks. Uh, Start this up again. Yeah, technology. It's always a problem. Yep. Okay. You got a sneak peek. Okay, thanks. It's working again. It's working again. If you look at Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, you'll see that Paul, Paul applies the theology of his first three chapters via a key theme, unity. We, the church, are now united in our common faith and the one spirit who dwells in all of us and who reconciled each of us to Christ. And because of that, we should behave as one people. Now remember, the early church was built on vast diversity. The division between Jew and Gentile made the division between, say, Democrat and Republican at the moment look like a brotherly squabble. 
And the gulf between slave and wealthy patron in Greco-Roman society was greater than any division in a Western society. And yet these groups were expected to show long-suffering forbearance to each other in love. Why? Because the one spirit joined them together in a bond stronger than any conflict. Paul is calling on the Ephesians to recognise the theological foundations of their faith. They're all recipients of God's grace. They're one faith. They all come into the church through the same mechanism, one baptism. And they are all under the same loving authority, one Lord. There is no room for special treatment based on your ethnicity or your economic class or your ability or anything else. But at the same time, Paul knows that every Christian comes to the faith with their own history. This history doesn't vanish. It, it, it continues to influence how we think and what we value and, and how we live or walk, as Paul puts it in the second half of Ephesians. And so, because of that, we need to be patient with one another, recognising in each other a precious child of God, equally as valuable as we are, despite our differences. And those differences won't all disappear. God values some of our differences. Unlike Darth Sidious who was evil, of course, in case you didn't know. God doesn't want a clone army. In fact, God gives gifts that are not all identical, making us even more distinct than we already were. Why did Jesus give gifts to the church? So that every person in the church could do the work of the church. Loving God loving one another and loving their neighbours. And what are these gifts? Well, to be honest, I feel a little bit embarrassed saying this, but I'll just quote Paul. They are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. In recent years, most people in the Christian church have more or less assumed that this group of people are the people who do the work of the church. Paul, however, doesn't think so. He asserts that this group is there to equip every person in the church to do the work of the church. In verse 7, which isn't on this slide, Paul said that Jesus has given each one of us a special gift. And then in verse 11, he explains that these gifts are the various servants and teachers of the church. Does that mean that every Christian is an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor and teacher? No, of course it doesn't. And and we can see in the early church that nobody thought that. What it does mean is that every Christian is given one or more of these types of people to equip them to grow in Christ. In other words... 
we all need to be part of a church to grow in Christ. Just as a, as a, uh, a chef won't achieve much by themselves, they need other people around them. We need other people around us to grow in Christ. It's impossible to be a solo Christian. Only living together in the body of Christ can we grow up together into full representations of Jesus. And remember, we are all gifts from God to a fallen world. Some of us are gifts whose role is to equip others in the church, but others of us are gifts whose role is to love our neighbour in our workplace or in our home, in our neighbourhood. But we're all gifts to the Lord, to the world and to God. We're all light and salt and a city on a hill and, and the growing body of Christ. So never, never forget that. You are a gift to the world. That's why you're here. So to close, I just want to read Paul's final words in this section. But just a note. As you listen to this, think about the pronoun we, which is used a lot in this section. In the individualistic West, we hear that word as me, you, him, her, etc. A bunch of individuals, right? But it means more than that in most cultures. And certainly here in Paul's letter, it also means the group itself, the body of which we are all a part. So we means all of us, but it also means the church as one organism. When we become the church... We still remain ourselves, but we become a part of a single thing, the body of Christ. And that's what the we is here. Now, as a pastor teacher of Renew, my goal is to equip each of us and all of us to be God's ambassadors in the world. So, so I agree, obviously, wholeheartedly with Paul when he says this. Then we will no longer, this is what we do This is what um, the church as a body is doing. We will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we pray that you would fit us together perfectly. Help us each to do our own special work. Help us to help each other to grow so that the whole of Renew is healthy and growing 
reaching the world with your love. Amen.